Hey folks, welcome back to the DC3Cast. Happy New Year. Here we are recording this absolutely in January 2022, not in December 2021. Um, thank you all for your wonderful New Year's greetings you sent us. We received thousands of them. They were lovely. Uh, we are here to talk about the comics released on January 4th, 2022, starting with, what are we starting with? Uh, Batman number 119, written by Joshua Williamson, illustrated by Jorge Molina and Michael Janine. Zach, start us off with this one. What did you think of this story? The story, I thought, was quite good and interesting. Um, it, until the end... It, t- it takes a turn. There's a, the last page really shook me a little bit. But, um, Is so it twisted. bad that offhand I don't remember what the last page was? Maybe. I thought it was pretty memorable in how um, there were several things about it that I thought were memorable. But um, I like, I really like the way Williamson is using Luther in this. Um, I like... I mean, I love it being a Batman Inc. story, of course. And the the villain is is moderately interesting. Oh, that's to the me. last page. Yes. Okay. That's the last page. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Okay. The villain is like moderately interesting to me. Interesting enough. Um, I'm like slightly compelled by the mystery. But there's just like certain things about it that are just I mean, that last page is like the the art in this in this book is is very hit or miss that last page feels almost like adam west-esque oh yes. it is 100 percent the batusi right there <laughs> yeah like but are they doing that on purpose though is I don't my question think so, but um, i i almost think it's not a swipe but a, a reference that's being used because it is the batusi um <laughs> It's it's I, that it's that one you're the man now dog where it's uh, <laughs> uh, macaron chacaron. Uh, I don't know if you remember that one, but yeah, of course I do. <laughs> it, it's Adam yeah. West from uh, Mr. F- from uh, Mr. Plow episode of The Simpsons saying, "Why doesn't Batman dance anymore?" <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry, Zach. Go ahead. No, I, I just like the the tone of this book is kind of weird for that reason artistically. And also, I may be mistaken. I'm going to have to flip through it again. But we talked last week, air quotes last week, about um, the the use of the I will become a bat thing in Robin. And I think <laughs> I think it comes up again in this, doesn't it? It does. It does. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. Kind of. It's shorter, um, shorter than it was. Yes. Shorter, but it comes up, and I, I I wonder, like, I if I was writing Batman, I would not, and and if I was writing two Batman books, Batman related books, I would not be referencing those things so close apart, so so closely together, unless I had ideas about I was going to eventually like upend and like subvert that. And if that's what Williamson is doing, if he's taking this like overwrought like thing. And he's going to turn it on its head eventually, but he wants to highlight it a few times before doing it like good on him. But I don't know that that's what he's doing. I feel like he's just, I don't think so. Yeah. I feel like he's just referencing the thing and it's kind of, it's kind of disappointing or, or not disappointing, but just like, 
it's either, it's like we said last week. It's either the the bell and the bat, or or it's the the pearls and crime alley. Like you, you got to do it all the time. That said, I will take the bell and the bat every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, given, given that choice. Sure. Yeah. Um, Vince, any thoughts on this before I get into mine? Uh, yeah, I'll be brief because it sounds like you actually have stuff to say. Um, I guess all I want to say is, um, especially in case he's listening for some reason, I like Joshua Williamson. I like him as a person. I like him as a comics writer. I, I feel like right now he's spread a little thin and you can tell because I'm liking less and less of what he's doing right now. Whereas like just a few months ago, I was super high on him. And I think I'm, I'm not digging this right now. I, I like Robin a lot still. Um, even, even if that last issue had an ending that I didn't prefer, I still like that book. But, you know, I'm not liking the Infinite Frontier stuff. Matt, we're going to get into that later today. Just saying. Yeah, we are yeah. going to get into that. Yeah, we sure. are. Um, but uh, I, I don't like this. <laughs> um, I don't like the art at all. Zach called it hit and miss, but I'm not sure where it hits. <laughs> it, it, hits it hits when Michael Janine's doing it. Not even. I, I think that I think it's bad bad janine too wait is janine on this book again yes yes i I miss that see again he, i can't even tell the difference and maybe that's maybe those are the parts that i thought like were okay um he, he's the dinner scene i how okay, could you yeah, not tell I didn't that mind the dinner scene I, I didn't mind that the dinner I, scene basically looks like an issue of grayson <laughs> it does um bruce is also dressed like gaston from uh <laughs> beauty and the beast so um, so maybe I'm co- maybe I'm coming around. Maybe I like this actually. No, um, um, I think not only not only do I not really like how it's involving Batman Inc., which is at least at this point not very much. Um, I, I don't really like what they're doing with that ass. Now maybe that'll change, you know, because we're just being introduced to the idea that that Lex is funding them now. So maybe it will become more expansive and become something more interesting. But right now they're just, they're being used as patsies and we didn't even get to spend any time with them. So I'm not digging that aspect yet. Um, I also just think Bruce's characterization is a little bit off to me. Like he, like he's grabbing uh, Lex by the shirt and like threatening to punch him at this dinner. And I just think that that's like too visceral for, for Bruce Wayne to really do. Like, I don't know. That's he was, that's, he was talking about his dick. Oh <laughs> yeah. I just, that's, that's such a, that's such a, I don't know. That's such an obvious move there. I think, um, see, I, when, I, when I read that scene, Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, he just planted something on on Lex. Okay, because yeah, that's a classic maybe. Batman move. But then there was nothing in the story to like back that up. That was just when I had first seen that. That that was literally my first thought. Sure. Yep. 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 I okay. I I get it. Yeah. I just didn't just didn't love it. Um. 
And then Abyss. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not into the Abyss idea yet either. It actually just feels like the, the Batman uh, year two villain all over again. Uh, Man, we've, been name, talking, we've been talking yeah, about year two a lot. Lately. We've been talking about year two a lot. And I cannot remember the villain's name, but they had the. Oh, God. Um, Googling it right now. Batman year two. What was the. Reaper, Reaper. <laughs> yeah, it just it kind of reminds me of Reaper. I don't know. Batman being blind could be interesting. We'll see. But blind is a bat. But, yep. But that that's too part, dark. That's right. It's too dark. <laughs> it's too twisted. Too fucked up. Too, <laughs> too raw. raw. <laughs> too fucked up. Too raw. Uh, the the art. That'd just be a great really, edit of that panel. Honestly, it, you should do it. You should do it. <laughs> okay. I, oh, I, I will. I'll think about it. Unfortunately, the art possibly. just kind of <laughs> <laughs> the art just spoiled that moment for me. I think so. I don't know. Brian, go off. You 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 want to talk more about this? Um, I, I just see now. I thought that the art was what was limiting my enjoyment of this, and hearing you talk about it, I've confirmed that is the case. But you 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 really don't like this, huh? I don't. Uh, that surprises me because I think I think a lot of the stuff that and when I say we, I don't mean to paint us as a monolith because we all do have obviously different comic opinions. But I think a lot of the stuff that typically we tend to like in Batman stories is present here in that I think there is a I think Williamson's done a really good job so far in Batman of threading the needle between talking about stuff that maybe isn't 100% in continuity, but fans remember like Batman Inc., as well as pushing some new ideas out there. I I think he's doing a good job of of not forgetting what came before, but also not being super beholden to it and telling his own story. So I like that part of it. I like the Luthor stuff here, especially because like Bruce and Luthor are characters that I know they interacted in the past, but like it really wasn't until... Scott, I guess the the tail end of the New 52 when Lex Luthor jo- joins the Justice League, that they had any sort of like relationship beyond just, you know, your bro's best, like you're, you're your bro's enemy or whatever, right? Um, so I really like the relationship between Bruce and Lex that has come up the last couple of years. I think, I think that's more or less good. Um, I... I like that Batman Inc. is being mentioned in any way, even if it's, you know, somewhat as you call them patsies. That's a perfect word for him. I, I, in my notes, I had written that Batman Inc. is the window dressing of this story so far, where it's it's really it's not about that. It's just a little like. It's just a little a decorative element for people like me to get excited about. Right. Um that said, I, I I understand your concerns for him for the for the for the series rather, but I I'm still enjoying it enough to not to not get mad while reading it, which it sounds like that is not something that you are doing at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 red nude mad. Yeah, blah, all that yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, what I don't think any of us should be mad about is a fucking Gotham Academy backup. Oh. Oh, Marone. Yeah, that's very good. 
I did not know this was coming. I don't know if it's been announced. And I just missed it, but I I saw it on the cover and I made the soy face and <laughs> I I was just so excited. Maybe that's why I enjoyed the issue too. I was just I was reading the issue to get to the backup. So maybe mm-hmm. that's why. Maybe the anticipation of it all is what got me to enjoy this book. Um, but Vince, I, I presume you enjoyed this more than the rest of the issue. Oh, that it was magical. Um, it just it took me right back to the Gotham Academy stuff. I think Maps is such a fun character. Um, I think you know, slipping into the Robin costume. It's one of those things where um, it's a, it's a different feel to when we had um, Harper Row, right? And the whole time they were clearly setting up Harper Row as a future Bat family character. And they kind of waffled on it a couple times, but that was always meant it was always meant that Harper Row was going to be not the next Robin, but like blue well, Bluebird eventually, right? But then she kind of fell off the map and 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 it kind of felt like they had no idea what to do with her character. The great thing about maps is that there, there's never any, I don't think there's ever any um, delusions that maps is going to be like a future Robin or like a future member of the bat family inside the inner circle. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think when maps shows up, she's used in such a fun way. They're not afraid to stick her in a Robin costume and stick her in, in the Batmobile, you know, Um but it's it's meant to be fun and playful without the the promise or perhaps the expectations or disappointment that this is going to be anything other than them getting to do Gotham Academy style stuff again. Um, kind of like. Uh, um, I, I don't know how to say that. I, I don't want to say creator own because it's a terrible thing to say about like corporate but like you get the feeling like this is only going to be done when like Carl Kershaw's involved. Maybe, right? maybe like yes. creator, creator driven, creator driven term. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Like that's that. I just couldn't find the words to, but like, like, Hey, you know, Carl Kershaw wants to do a little thing. Here comes maps again and she gets involved. And then there's no expectations that this is going to be sullied in any way down the road either. That's a really good point. And I think that that's something we can all hope for. And DC, I have to say, DC has been pretty good about when a creator says, like, I don't want you to touch this stuff. DC actually does tend to listen unless your name is Alan Moore. Um, <laughs> but like the example always is that when um, when Starman wrapped up, James Robinson been pretty much said like, "Hey, can you not do anything with this character unless unless I'm doing it?" And aside from appearing like in the background of things, there has not been a Jack Knight story since mm-hmm. that book wrapped up. So maybe you know, maybe Kershaw has a similar deal with with DC. Then again, I'm sure whoever made that deal with James Robinson is long gone from DC. So <laughs> don't be surprised if you see that character show up someplace. But Zach, what'd you think of this? The backup. Yeah, specific. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was so much fun. The art was extremely good. I loved the so. 
I guess to preface this, I, I typically feel like I don't like these kinds of things, but I love the the shtick of the narration being done as maps like narrating her day in a like D style adventure thing. <laughs> I thought that that was like so sweet and fun and not even remotely annoying. It was just like really cool and, and genuinely funny in some places, I think like bits where she would be like, you know, like roll for initiative and then she it would like not go well or something or like stealth check. And it was just like very sweet and cute. And I, I liked it a lot. I, I want, I mean, I don't, I don't know that we'll ever get like another Gotham Academy book. And honestly, I don't know if DC can really support it in a satisfying way, but if we can have a good Gotham Academy backup every once in a while, I am more than happy for that. It's amazing to me that we have Batman urban legends, which is an anthology of these type of stories. And yet there's still so many characters getting backups in bat books. Like, mm-hmm. but it's great. This is, there's a lot of Gotham characters. I love that we're getting to use more of them. And Gotham Academy was just such a delightful thing to have as part of DC for as long as we had it. And like you said, Zach, I don't know if it'll ever support an ongoing again, again, but I would love to see a, a Gotham Academy like OGN. That seems like a little oh, yeah. better to me. Yeah. Um, so maybe we'll get one of those one day, but until then, like you said, this is, this is great. And, and keep this going for long enough, do a nice trade of this. And that's fun. Yeah, and Carl Carlsfeld's just, I mean, his his artwork is just so clean and so fun and playful. And what's not to love about the visuals of this? Uh, I also love how Kershaw draws Batman in this and how the Batman in Gotham Academy never really looks like the Batman anywhere else. It looks very much like how a kid would see Batman which is exactly what it should look like. <laughs> um, it's just so good. This is a delight. I like the way Bruce is drawn. I think w- when Kershaw draws Bruce, you, you can never anywhere else see as much of a like facial connection to Damien, the way that Damien is generally drawn, mm-hmm. as you do when Kershaw draws Bruce. Interesting. I'm going to have to pay more attention to that aspect next time I look at it. Just like, yeah, if you look at him, just like the eyebrows and like the angular, he's got a wide face, but also there's like angle. There's it's kind of angular and just, I don't, it's just a feeling I get. I look at that and I go, oh yeah, that's Damian Wayne's dad. That's cool. More artists should do that. Yeah. All right. Um, any other thoughts on either of the Batman stories? No. Okay, let's move over to Crush and Lobo, number eight by Mariko Tamaki and MNK Nahuelpan. Now, uh, I know we had not talked about this since, since issue number three, so I went back and I, I did not read every word of all the issues, but I skimmed them and I, I read some important parts getting up to this point. And I think my biggest comment on this book is I have two. First of all, it's the best art that Amonke has ever done, at least at DC. I really enjoyed a lot of the artwork in this book. I think it's um, really playful and fun, and both captures the feel of Crush's... Like The Crush sequences don't feel like it's a different character from what you get in 
crushes Teen Titans appearances, but the Lobo stuff is like every bit as raunchy and gross as 90s Lobo stuff. So there's a really nice balance of the two characters and bringing art that bridges those gaps. I really enjoyed that part of it. And I'll also say that as much as I enjoyed the art, to me, the story really falls flat here because I wanted a story of Crush and Lobo together. And for the majority of this miniseries, they are apart. And it really is a Crush miniseries, and I'm fine with it being a Crush miniseries, but if it was going to be a Crush series, this I don't want to see Crush with Lobo then. If you're building it as Crush and Lobo, I want those characters playing off each other. And I thought throughout the series, we didn't get enough of that. We get a little bit of that in this issue, and that's why I think this issue actually kind of sticks the landing a little bit, because you do get some nice stuff with Crush and Lobo in there. But generally, I felt that keeping them so separate was a detriment to the series. Um, what did you think, Vince? Oh, me first? Okay. Um, and the gimme gimmies. <laughs> oh, God. Um, my disappointment with this issue in particular is that part of the great thing about this series so far was how unconventional Crush was as a comic book character, you know, like Crush has a little bit of the Lobo sort of jokey fourth wall breaking. Um, and they do that. They do that here a little bit with, with uh, the censored panel, like she's beating up the, the therapist and it's supposedly too violent for the comics. So it's behind these like censored panels, but then you see him like try to escape yeah. beyond the, beyond the panel. And like, she grabs him and, keeps going at him and and that part's really fun but it's I, very I guess, looney tunes-esque thing. very looney tunes and yeah. i guess i i guess i wanted more looney tunes and more heart there's also a little bit with the end at the end with her um girlfriend or it's complicated i guess with uh katie that mm-hmm. character that normie character <laughs> um <laughs> and and that stuff is really well done You'll recall that when we talked about the first few issues or however first two or whatever we covered that we were surprised at how genuine that stuff felt and to put crush this like alien character in this very normal romantic situation. uh, They were getting a lot of good stuff out of that. And I feel like I don't think this is, the fault of Tamaki or, or anyone involved. It's just that when you have a eight issue story or whatever, eventually that story is going to end and you have to find a way to end the plot. And unfortunately that's how it plays out is too conventional for me. Lobo and her tied up in a chair. Okay. They escape. They beat up the bad guys. They agree to go their separate ways because they can't coexist together. The end. And that's just, too conventional for an ending that I felt, uh, you know, throughout the series, there were lots of little unconventional nuggets and really sweet moments and really emotional moments and very funny moments. And I think overall the series is a winner, but I just think maybe the last issue was always destined to disappoint because you you, got to wrap it up and, you're probably going to do it in a more conventional way just because that's how stories end. Can I push back on that for one second? Sure. Uh, I think that 
while the Crush and Lobo portion of the story wraps up in a very conventional way, I think the Crush and Katie portion does not. Yes. Yes, and I appreciated that. It's just that that's such a that's a, such a small portion of this issue. That's that's like two pages or something versus the rest of it. Sure, but you're right. You're absolutely right. You know, I, I think it was it would be very easy to put them back together, pretty without with almost saying like all is forgiven and it being the end, and that's not at all what happened. And so, mm-hmm. I appreciated that it was that it was not that way, you know? Um, yeah, yeah that's, all. that's a good, that's a good call. Exactly. It, it is a good question of like, when is it going to be followed up on though? Oh, never. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, maybe it will eventually, but it almost is like, what's the point of even doing all of this other than I, I guess that's a little cynical and maybe unfair because then it's like, what's the point of telling any story? But especially in like comics, if it's not going to be picked up on again, then I'm I'm actually quite positive it will get picked up again the next time Crush shows up somewhere. It's just like we don't we have no idea when Crush will show up again somewhere. So I don't know. The art in this was really good. I, I don't have a ton to say, a ton uh, extra to say about it other than that. Um, which sometimes, you know, good art is all you need. Yeah. I do hope we get more crush. You know, uh, one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about lately with, um, with Teen Titans Academy reportedly coming to a close, or at least Tim Sheridan's time on there, is that there's just going to be so many characters when Sheridan came in, he sort of displaced an entire generation of Teen Titans to the very background of that book. And now if he gets off the book, they're displacing even more characters out there. And I feel like DC is doing a good job with its youth movement uh, books, but there's just so many characters that are going underused, even with more books about teenage characters than almost ever before in DC's history. There's just not enough. Mm-hmm. Anything else to say about this? Uh, just, just that I, I don't want to make it sound like I don't like the series. Like overall, I thought the series was pretty great. Um, and Crush is a character. I'm surprised at how much I like Crush, how much I prefer Crush to Lobo. <laughs> you know, <laughs> give me another Crush series before I ever see Lobo again. Oh, how are you gonna do the main man like that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think you're wrong, Vincey. I think that, especially here, the way that Lobo was written was not revelatory at all. Like it's just you're getting the same old Lobo, right? But the way Crush was written did give the character a whole bunch of new depth. So, I I, I agree with you on that one. Nothing's ever gonna top. Lobo and Boudica boating no. the spaceship. Like you can't, you just can't top that. That's the best. Doing that and like missing the event that they're supposed to be in. Fantastic. I'm trying to remember which event that was now because uh that was uh the Trinity. Yes, the, that was Trinity, yes. Okay. The uh, other Trinity. Yeah. 
Uh, I did want to say, uh, now that you reminded me about that, I feel like Crush having her like space lizards is kind of like Lobo having his space dolphins. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Though I wondered, I I'm probably way off, but you know that character that is on that same page, the like uh, uh, Krang from, yeah, from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It makes me think that those space lizards are also maybe supposed to be like turtles knockoffs somehow. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> they don't really do anything with them, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Otherwise, I don't know kind of what they're going for with that. But yeah, it's fun. It's fun. That is fun. I didn't even mm. think of that. Good Does call, that make Crush April O'Neil? Oh, absolutely. Or does it make her Casey Jones? <laughs> She's both. Okay. I can get behind that. Who, who played Casey Jones in the movies? Again? Oh, um, oh, it's a very Greek name. Hang on. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. Um, it's the Greekest name you ever heard. Um, oh, Elias, Elias Coteus. Coteus. Yes. Yeah. yes, yes, yes. Of course. <laughs> um, yeah. Seeing that movie in the movie theater, I was instantly mad. Like a second in, Casey Jones takes off his hockey mask. And I had read Turtles Thomas at that point. He never takes off his mask. And I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> and my dad probably said, you're eight. Shut up. Don't Don't use those words. But you were eight. Oh my god, you're so old. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> wow. My age has never changed. I've been, I, are you 35? No, uh, 34. Thank okay, you very okay, much. Okay. So don't, I'm don't five that a year on. I, I have been five years older than you the entire time we've known each other. Why is this always so surprising? I don't know. That's because 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 when you're talking about a very specific movie that you would have been eight for and I would have been too young to go to a theater that it is only in that era where you seem incredibly older than me <laughs> I think you're gonna say where you seem incredibly old <laughs> no no okay. you know what I mean you know what I mean though right surely sure. like sure yes yes um like anything that okay anything that you did at age uh 25. I could have been liable to do at age 20, you know, <laughs> same with 30 to 25, you know? Yeah, yes. Yes. But when you're eight and I'm three, yeah, there's, there's, you're going to see movies and I'm uh, bouncing in a bouncer chair <laughs> or whatever. Um, yeah, that was, uh, I, I was seeing a lot of movies at that point in my life. So. <laughs> I would, that, that was like the golden age of, of the first wave of those movies, like Batman, 1989 had Batman, had um, yeah. Ghostbusters. Had me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was born. Uh, yeah, Ghostbusters two, Indiana Jones, and the Last Crusade. Like that's when I started going to the movies when I was like seven or eight. My dad and I would go to the movies together a lot. So that's that's definitely like the time when I was. I have a lot of movie moment memories from that. So sure. Anyway, the cops are coming for one of us. So let's take a break. <laughs> and when we it's return, me. I'm in the most dangerous city. <laughs> and then when we return we will talk about our final two books of the week so stay tuned hello we're the hosts of the multiversity manga club podcast i'm emily i'm zach and i'm walter 
Each month, we pick a manga to read and discuss among ourselves. Past books include Monster, A Silent Voice, and Pokemon Adventures. We also look back on the past month's installments of Weekly Shonen Jump, discussing the highs and lows from the Viz Anthology. We've even discussed notable manga adaptations like Netflix's Death Note. At the end of each episode, we announce next month's book club pick so you can read along with us. We're always open to suggestions for future books as well. So join us on the first Friday of every month on MultiversityComics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. And we are back to talk about Detective Comics number 1047, written by Mariko Tamaki. Again, same as Crush and Lobo, illustrated by Ivan Reyes, who I somehow missed was going to be doing this book. Uh, this is the first part of the uh, Arkham Tower story, Shadows of the Bat. Or, or it's Shadow of the Bats, right? Not Shadows. Shadows, shadows of the Bat. Okay, I, I always in my mind reverse that. Shadows of the Bat. Okay. Uh, Zach, start us off with this. What did you think of this first bit of this story? I really liked this a lot. I've I've been pretty down on on tech um, with this run. I I think I just really wasn't interested in in like any of the stuff with that Tamaki was doing with the mayor and like Vile and all of that stuff. I just I just couldn't care less. But like. And it's not like, it's not necessarily putting Reyes on the book because in some ways I think Reyes is a bit of a downgrade from Mora mm-hmm. and it, mm, <laughs> considerably yeah. in terms of like this book, but also like Reyes is one of my favorite artists, don't get me wrong. And I'm always kind of excited when Reyes is on a bat book, but Mora is just like kind of a revelation on bat books, I think, and really anything that he touches. But like, there are a lot of really good pages in this that Reyes puts in and and just like, this feels like a big, cool, important story. This this just feels really special to me. And I, I like the way that Tamaki tells the story with the buildup and then the time jump and just everything has gone to shit like you know it's going to. But, you know, th- there's no time wasted making that happen. Um, and I, I like that Bruce is noticeably absent from this. I, I do think eventually he's going to come in, but uh, we, you know, I like that it's kind of a Bat family story. I, I love this and I'm so excited for this. This like weekly uh, comic storytelling is something I'm, I'm, you know, really dig into like Spider-Man books right now. And this is kind of the answer to that. I, Did I you hear that's ending, by the way, very shortly? Yeah. When they announced it, they said it was only going to be 19 chapters. Oh, okay. And yeah. I think I've talked before about my theory that Hickman's going to come in and, and write it until uh, 900, which I think is the next milestone. That's my theory. Interesting. Okay. Um, Vince, what do you think of this? Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um I, maybe I won't be as superlative as Zach, but but I am ready for this uh, weekly um, kind of mega event, maxi series, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think the time jump is an interesting concept because they basically, they introduce you to the Arkham Tower. They show you the very basics of... of how it's supposed to work. Basically it's villain rehabilitation 
rather than punishment. Um, and they really only pay lip service to that. And then they jump to like three weeks later or something like that when all this shit is going down and the tower's on fire and people are getting thrown from the building. And it's, it's a little jarring in a good way. Like I, I, I like that approach. My only reservation is because towards the end of the issue, they say something like, uh, Oh, I can't remember how they put it. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, next. What the hell happened? Right? You, yes. You're, you're going to say what I wanted to say. Go, so go say it. Well, okay. I, well, I hope I am. Um, I have reservations about that because I like the idea of a time skip, but what I do not want is I don't want this weekly story to have its momentum lost by feeling like it has to go back and explain too much about what happened. You know what I mean? That's like I, a, I, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. I don't need it to go into um, excessive detail by going back and then forward and then back because I feel like that de- that defeats the purpose of going forward in time. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to drop us little tidbits of what happened along the way, you know, but what I'm hoping we don't get is like lots of flashback exposition of exactly what happened to lead up to this. And I think I, I applaud the choice as long as the choice is followed up smartly and I think Tamaki's a smart writer, so I, I trust her. It's just it, it could go wrong, I think. So um, because I have to do the soliciting column for DC, I'm often looking ahead at um, you know just what's coming in the future. And I have noticed that this is being billed as a three arc crossover event or like a, like a three chapter. So there's going to be like, this is very much the first the first bit of the story. And I have this very sinking feeling that we've already seen chronologically the last bit in the first arc of the story. And that all we're going to get for this first chapter or whatever is how we got to this point. Hmm. And if that's the case, I am I'm out on this already because <laughs> I don't want to see I don't see think that. that's so bad, though, because like they're only four issue sections i don't need four issues to get to this point the best part of this issue you you get two issues to get to it and then the third issue ends it uh well even so the 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 best part of this issue is that there's so much we're just thrown in we're thrown off the deep end and we know where all these characters are we know that nightwing was missing steph is still missing we know all this stuff's happening and i don't ever need to find out where exactly dick grayson was when he got separated from stephanie brown like none of that matters to me what what i think we're gonna get and maybe maybe i'm wrong i think that we'll either i think the story will either continue from this point or we will get back and forth in each issue at least for this first act um it'll kind of mirror the style of this issue Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I hope you're right about that. I, I I do not feel that way at all. Um, but that's my only real critique of this issue, because I generally really really enjoyed it. I think that this is some of the most restrained Ivan Reyes art we've gotten in a long time, 
And I think that there is so much interesting. There, there, there are so many interesting things to pull out of what we don't know about this scene that we find ourselves in that doesn't really matter, but lets your imagination run wild. And I really hope that this is not just the first bit of a flashback centered arc, but I, I, I really feel that's what it's going to be. And I, I, I can't wait to be proven wrong about that. I hope I'm proven wrong about that. Um, but yeah. So this issue also has uh, another backup in it. It's House of Gotham, written by Matthew Rosenberg, illustrated by Fernando Blanco. It has great Fernando Blanco art. <laughs> that's that's it. Yep. That's it, folks. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I assume this is supposed to be that Roy Dowd guy, right? Like, that's who this is? Sure. From the main story? Yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, origin. oh, Jesus! Shows you shows you how much I care. Yeah, I think that. I mean, they both have red hair, so I assume. <laughs> right. right. Uh, um. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of a nothing story. Blanco's art gives me like some Frankavia vibes. All right. Well, that brings us to our our final issue of the week, which is Justice League Incarnate number three. Written by Joshua Williamson and Dennis Culver, illustrated by Ariel Olivetti, Nick Vrella, Todd Nwok, Michael Janine, and Andre Brisson. Um, Vince, if you hate the Earth 33 stuff here where they have to make their own comic, I don't know what the fuck's going on with you, man. I'm worried about you, boo. That's like that's like the most Grant Morrison idea of mm. all time. And it's lovely. And if you don't like this, I, I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself because I, I don't know you anymore. It's a it's a Grant Morrison idea, but it's not any way, shape, or form the way that Morrison would execute it. It's actually um, more like the the Jeff Johns Superboy Prime Earth Zero. Or yeah, it is. It Earth is very Prime similar book. to that. Yes, it is very similar. Yeah, to that. It, it goes on too long. It's too on the nose. Oh, I don't. It doesn't go on that long. It doesn't go on that long. It, all right. You guys just talk about this. I'm not going to say anything. No, 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 go. No, 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 but it spends way too much time on it. it. It has them sitting in this hotel room working on this comic. And like, that's just, no, this is, a, it's a, the reason why when Morrison does something like this is it's so fun is that it's like uh, less than a page. It's maybe only something a character says once <laughs> and you get, you, you fill in the entire, how it must've played out in your head, you know? Um, it's the thing with the, with the super young team again, like how much we love those characters, even though in reality, we've spent like five pages with them, <laughs> you know, it's because Morrison doesn't feel the need to over explain it or, or, or wink too much at you while they're doing it, you know? Um, whereas this is just like, Hey, wouldn't it be wacky if the heroes had to write their own comic? Yeah. Let's do that for like four or five pages. Um, 
Uh, it just, it's, it's, as I've been saying about this book, it's all these ingredients that I'm supposed to like just executed in an extremely boring way. I think I, 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 I can't tell you how much I wanted to like this and just could not get myself to dig into any segment of this, whether it was earth 33 or earth seven or any of the like, Nimrod squad image comics stuff. I'm, I'm completely outside this one. I'm, I, I I'm surprised that you don't like the comic stuff so much because I don't, I think the thing that is like, I don't think they drag out the comic stuff too much. The thing that I think is funny is that they, tr- that, that Williamson and Culver compress the, the entire like president Superman, Dr. Multiverse, will they, won't they thing into like, it's like one panel. They're like kind of trying to like live together and date. And then it's like, Oh, this isn't working out. Let's get separate apartments. I thought that was like, the silliest part of the whole thing <sighs> because it's like why even introduce that dynamic in the it, last issue it um, all reads like that to me this uh, whole comic reads like that it's exactly what you're saying Zach. i couldn't agree more about that um but then the whole comic feels like that to me i think it i i think this is this single issue is better than any issue in infinite frontier and this is the best like infinite frontier related thing that has come out so far i think oh man i i may agree with zach on this one um i knew you would so you guys just talk about how great it is because i'm i'm done i've said my piece okay i'm not this isn't me being stubborn or anything i i've just said what i wanted to say about this and and i do not like it. So you guys go off about how good you think it is. So I, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say it's the best thing under the Infinite Frontier banner. In terms I mean, of, like specific. No, I know. Like I, I know what you're the, saying. I, you I, know, know, okay, I know. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Just want to clarify. Yeah. I, I, still think I, I like some of those early issues of the Infinite Frontier miniseries or the Infinite Frontier Zero better than this. Um, but I will say that I enjoyed this a lot. And it's funny. I, I I do agree that like the President Superman, uh, Doctor Multiverse thing is is absurd. But what I also love about this is I could have seen a real scenario where we had to deal with Flashpoint Batman with the Zoo Crew for three issues, and we got it like it was it was done in five pages or whatever it was. Like I think that this is a really briskly paced issue, and gets us to do a lot of fun stuff like. It's it's nutty to me that we don't have a uh, that we don't have more of we didn't get like three at least two issues of them trying to write that comic because that's just how superhero comics work like these ideas just take forever to get executed sometimes and that's the thing we bitched about with Aquaman to be coming last week and with it takes Nubia- years for for a, a, a one week story to, to be told is right. a thing that's said in this comic yeah yes exactly you know so it's like you know the fact that this all moves so briskly is really nice i like the multiversal stuff i thought that the the revelation of dark side as the dc comics editor is pretty great i would have I would have personally made his name a uh, an anagram of uh, 
uh, what was that shithead's name from the Superman books? Uh, Eddie Berganza. His name would have been like uh, some sort of Eddie Berganza fake name or whatever. Um, that's hey, that's that's doing Dark Side dirty. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What did Dark Side ever do? Um, but I thought that was a clever move. I just think that this is. Like we've been having in Lad's chat discussion about Spider-Man Far From Home, and I, I have not seen it yet, but we, we've been talking about our, our different expectations of what the MCU movies should be and can be and are. And I feel like I am going into Spider-Man tomorrow night the same way I'm going into this book, which is just like this is the big popcorn film version of DC Comics. This is the overarching meta narrative that gets to... Uh, just do some fun stuff and it's never going to be the comic that's going to make me cry or you know make my jaw drop whatever it's oh, just gonna no, be no way home made a lot of people cry i heard yeah well that's not gonna be me um no also this is, you're right you're right this is just as good as no way home oh well you're correct again i haven't seen it yet i'm reserving my judgment from my own eyes and opinions um but to me it's just i don't I don't see this as this like negative, frustrating book the way you do, and that that's that is not me, um, like poo-pooing how you feel about it. I, I hope you're not taking me saying this that way. I just don't get that feeling from this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. That's fair. Is there I guess, anything? I guess nobody falls in, in the middle of anyone on this one. No, I because I <laughs> Zach Zach falls towards one extreme, and you fall to the other, and I fall somewhere between. But I'm I'm <laughs> I'm just much closer to. You're rubbing up on Zach. That's how yeah, close you are. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Vince, my question for you about this is: Is there anything that you think this book could do at this point to win you over, or are you just out on this? Um, I'm, I'm pretty much out, but the thing that I want it to do that it's not doing is to, to, to get back to Barry and to, uh, well, that's not going to happen for a long time. No, why not? I, I think, that How do you that's, know that? I think that's going to be the last image we see that teases the, the next thing. Uh, see, and that's not what I wanted. I wanted to spend some time. The, the idea that they dropped Barry in this, like pre-crisis multiverse um ostensibly and the stuff with uh pariah all of that is is what i wanted to follow and i guess i expected it to at least pay a little more lip service to that plot and not completely drop it until the third act of whatever this mega event is right and because that is that is the thing that I care about, and and you guys are right when you say that Barry's the heart of this. But just ta- just saying the name Barry or just mentioning him mentioning him is not enough for me. I I need to see more of that stuff. I need to feel that there's some kind of trajectory here that I'm not feeling. And so if the book does a little bit of that and balances this stuff out with a with a with actual gestures towards that concern that plot concern it can maybe win me back a little bit but i i guess i i guess i'm not here anymore for the multiversal justice incarnate stuff that is so superficial to me i think 
if that answers your question. Sure. I guess I just don't, I don't necessarily understand what you think is superficial about it compared to like anything else that happens in a Cape comic. Like, I don't, I don't understand what about this is more or less superficial than like anything in Batman or Crush and Lobo or Detective Comics. Um, it's, 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 I am just so uninterested in them chasing this crack in the multiverse that, that, that's such a, that's such an ephemeral concept to me. I, I can't even, it's a nothing. It's nothing. It's like, they're, it's like they're chasing nothing. <laughs> There's no goal here, you know? Um, I don't know. To me, the goal is so clear. To me, the goal is almost the problem because the goal is they got to stop dark side, right? That's ultimately who cares about what it's called or whatever. The goal is they have to stop dark side. And my problem with this book, if, if from I have doing one, what, like it doesn't even, none of it registers with me. That's the problem. I can tell you what the goal is, but like that, none of it feels real, <laughs> I guess. It's a MacGuffin. This crack is, is a, a ridiculous MacGuffin in a way that I think almost any other superhero comic doesn't have something that that's that much piffle. I think. We already had this argument. I know. Okay? I know. We, we already had this exact same fucking I just, argument. I just don't understand. I, I just don't get it. It's even less. The crack in the multiverse is even less of a thing than the perpetual stuff that Snyder was doing. That's oh, my no, stance. Really? No, I don't yes. think so. Yes, <laughs> I don't think so. I, what were you? Why are you so surprised that I said that exact same thing the last time we talked I, about I, it? Why are you surprised? You say it, I'm, I'm surprised every time you say it. Well, that's how I feel. I'm not, mad less... I'm not mad at you for feeling it. Calm down in that in that sense. But, you know, no, you're, you're like surprised as if you were. That was the first time you heard me say that. I mean, certain things just take you aback, my friend. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, that, and and the fact that, no, come on, that is not that ridiculous of a stance. Uh, it's not, not a ridiculous stance. <laughs> See, and I can't, I can't believe that you think that uh, Darkseid chasing the crack in the multiverse is more of a coherent well, he, plot he, device he, than Perpetua. He, he, I think it is. He's. I think we actually do know. Like he has said multiple times, and it's in this issue. He he said at the beginning of Infinite Frontier that he was going to save everyone, and in this issue he says that he is like the savior, and like they realize that they have to let him win. And I I think that's like that. That's what's. This is the end of the Matrix, guys. The the third Matrix movie. I mean, sure. I, I'm talking about how the gears are turning. I'm not talking about the. This isn't. You sound like an MCU de- fan defending. Oh come like, on! Don't no, do I'm that just saying, to us. Like, come on. That's ridiculous. I'm saying like the plot is on the has been on the page is what I'm saying. I I, I will also say that I feel like for all the great things we can say about Dark Side and stories that feature Dark Side, 
almost none of the stories that feature Darkseid have like this super deep motivation for him. His motivation is always the exact same thing, the anti-life equation, except this is different. This is the opposite of that. Instead of him trying to go for something that's going to take away all of life, he's trying to save all of life. Now, you might think that's dumb, but that's not the same Darkseid motivation we normally get. And to me it is something that's different enough to make it worthwhile. Now, I know it's a MacGuffin, but that's what superhero comics do. There's always that MacGuffin in these type of stories. This is why I didn't want to talk about this. I, <laughs> We're debating. It's not, no, because, because I understand what his motivations are. I'm saying on the page, it is not... It's playing out like nonsense. It, it is smashing action figures together and i know you can say that's superhero comics but it's not it's not always that um most of the time it feels more coherent than this mm. that's what i'm saying and zach uh poo-pooed me for comparing this to uh crisis on infinite earths last time we talked about I it poo-pooed yes you, you did you what absolutely did, did go back and listen you said i think it's ridiculous that you're comparing this to crisis well, on okay. infinite earths I guess. What I want, okay. I, I think. I, can I clarify? Yes. Yeah. Can I finish? I think. Can I finish? Uh, that's a there, rough project. I think there's two. Yeah. There's maybe two ways of looking at that. You can obviously compare this to Crisis on Infinite Earths because it's a multiversal story. But I also think, like, the like law of diminishing returns. This can never hold a candle to Crisis on Infinite Earths at the same time. And I'm so, saying it doesn't even come close. Like I'm like, why? Well, I, I agree with you there, honestly. And I, I would also say anywhere near it. Yeah, and I and I would say, you're right. Nothing's ever going to be crisis again because that was a time and place. But I think, um, I think we should aspire to crisis on infinite earths, uh, no matter what we do. And I don't think that this even aspires to be anything more than junk. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know how to put, I mean, it's a difference of opinion. We're not, we can say we're debating, um, you know, the validity of what I'm saying versus what you're saying, but, but really it's just the way I feel when I read this comic at the end of the day, like you're not wrong that, uh, there's a lot about like all, all superhero comics are essentially piffle. And where do I get off saying that the crack in the multiverse is any more of a MacGuffin than anything else? I get that. I'm just saying when I read it, it, it occurs to me that, that the seams are all showing it comes off as junk. It comes off as something that um, is feels slapdash to me when you compare it to, some of the other crisis events. Um, and I, I don't know if this is going to officially be considered a crisis or not. Um, we didn't know when death metal began that it was a crisis until later. Um, so, you know, is this a crisis? I don't know, but I feel like we, I feel like we should be aspiring towards crisis and, and this is just not even trying in my eyes. I think this is trying more than than 
I think this is trying more than death metal did. Mm. Oh. I, I don't agree, know. agree, agree to disagree there. I mean, death metal did so little. Death metal was a lot of like big moments with very little story in between them. I guess you could argue that this also has very little story. I don't know. I, I can kind of see where you're coming from. I think that this is just extremely fun. And I think that the way that the multiverse is being used is very fun and good. I think it's maybe the, the most like successful use of the multi, the DC multiverse in a story since like multiversity. Um, I don't know. I can kind of see what you're saying. I just don't, I just don't necessarily agree. Yeah. We're just, we're not going to agree on it and that's fine. The best yeah. part of Justice League Incarnate is that this has gotten us to argue more than we've argued in a very long time on this show. <laughs> yeah. And some people <laughs> like it when mom, when mom and dad fight. So this is a, this is a good thing for our show. Yeah. Vincey, what comes out next week? Um, Let me just flip the page here. Next week, January 11th, Batgirls number two, Batman Urban Legends number 11, Detective Comics 1048, Shadows of the Bat Part 2, Future State Gotham 9, Harley Quinn, the Eat Bang Kill Tour number five, I Am Batman number five, Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes number one. It's happening. Zach is so excited. Um, Pennyworth number six, Robin and Batman number three, the Batman Scooby Doo Mysteries number 10. I don't know why I read that one. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Joker number 11 and Titans United number five. Well, you can find two thirds of us on Twitter. Uh, I am at Brian is an app. And I am at Walker Fox. If you have to find Vince, he is currently uh, making mail bombs to send to me in Zach's house. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's uh, it's going to be um, human feces uh, with packing peanuts. Okay. <laughs> so you dig into the peanuts and you go, what's this? Oh, man. It's poop again. <laughs> He called the shit poop. <laughs> and I'm outside your window going, yep. he called the shit poop. All and right. Then, and, and then you'll be just, you'll be thrilled that I came all the way to New Jersey to visit you. I will, but that would be, that would be a lovely surprise. <laughs> lovely surprise. All right, folks, take care. Happy New Year again. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. All right. This was fun. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs>